when you're asked to tell a story, the first thing is, am I worthy of telling a story? That's the first thing. <laughs> I always tell every tell your story. So if you get past that, the minute you get past that, mm-hmm. then it's about, um, you know, and this is the key to all good storytelling, you know, is how do you take your listener through this journey? So you were you were telling a story where you were afraid or you're telling a story where you were actually um, resilient and you came through something. Typically, it's about how would this person perceive this story and what is the their connect point? Listen, um, find, if you find a good mentor or a coach, right, it can be life-changing. Um, and again, this, you know, so... One of the big, big shifts for me mentally and as a career person, um, I had a coach uh, in EK who was brilliant. Welcome to your favorite voice of business psychology. I am your host, Kritika Kashyap. Today, we have a powerhouse guest, Nandita Kulkarni. With over 15 years in the corporate arena, Nandita is a master of transformation. From global senior manager to a storyteller and aspiring coach. In this episode, we will dive into the evolution of learning and development, the art of storytelling and the importance of being a yes person. We'll explore the impact of social media on personal narratives and how coaching can redefine your life. Nandita's journey is not just about career success. It's a testament to the power of presence, storytelling and embracing every opportunity. Let's begin. Hi, Nandita. Welcome to the podcast, Psych and Success. How are you? I am wonderful, Kritika. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. When I had the first conversation with you, I mean, there were like so many, uh, in just that conversation, there were so many insights and I was just so excited to do this podcast with you because I could see you know, a lot of experience and knowledge that was coming from you. So I'm excited to have you and have a conversation. Good. I'm glad. I'm also very excited, but now you made me feel old, right? Because experience and knowledge and all of these words. <laughs> I, I don't think yeah. experience and knowledge uh, has anything to do with ageism or with age. I hope so. so. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> But no, uh, you know, joking aside, um, it's always a great uh, platform to be able to share your own story. Uh, and it's always fun yeah. to be able to tell the story over and over again and to see how people react to it. And you forget that in the telling of it also, you refine it, right, as you go. So mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. spoke, uh, we, you know, I told you the story. Since we've spoken, I've thought about it. I was like, okay, what would I change? So just as much as I share and you get from it, I think we forget that I get the same amount back. So it's cool. It's a good uh, thing to get on and talk to people. Yeah, it's always, always a reflection journey for yourself as we talk. So why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners to begin with? Thank you. That would be a pleasure. Uh, My name is Nandita Kulkarni. Uh, if you look me up on LinkedIn today, my uh, job designation, which is how we normally introduce ourselves, uh, is I'm a global senior manager, PMO for logistics with a really big company here in Dubai. Uh, I'm also mm. a working mother. Uh, I'm someone who enjoys a lot of different things. I'm studying pretty much all the time. Uh, I really enjoy cooking. 
I love reading. Um, I'm an avid listener and practitioner of classical music, especially Hindustani classical music. Uh, okay. So yeah, there's there's so many different aspects to uh, us as individuals as well, right? So that's a little bit about me. Because what I know about you, this uh, introduction has done not a very good justice to you. <laughs> and that is how I would dig away a little more in that. So okay. because I also know that, you know, uh, right now you are at a very good position, but throughout your journey, you have changed so many, uh, you know, career paths and you have transitioned yeah. uh, and even you have, you have, you know, you have shifted countries as well. Yeah. How was that like? Like I said, it's very interesting to hear the question from my perspective because, you know, when you're traveling in that journey, it's always happening. Mm. It never, it's not finished yeah. yet, right? Um, so mm -hmm. it, it, it's interesting reflection for me to stand here and say, you know what, I actually began my career in, a, in academics, right? I started as a professor of English literature. Um, I facilitated mm. a class uh, on English grammar, on Shakespeare, on post-colonial literature. That's what I started my career really doing. Um, and if you see where I started and where I am today, then what you are saying about transitions, right? There's all these little moves along the way um, that yeah. have sort of led me here. Um, so the first move really was realizing that, you know, academics in India uh, doesn't really pay. It's not a living wage at the end of the day. True. Um, that is true. And so, uh, you know, so I moved into what was back then in early 2000s, uh, a very new industry, which was digital learning or what, you know, e-learning, mm. technology-based learning. Uh, and I started to get into instructional design and build learning for adult learners. Uh, right. And, you know, especially building for English language learners. So that was a very interesting mm -hmm. transition because that took me uh, from academics to corporate, uh, but right. corporate outsourced industry. <laughs> oh, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when, so, when was it? What year was it? So when this you was interesting back, designing? Uh, this was back in 2001 or two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It has yeah. been quite some time now. Yes. What <laughs> about it? has. Um, so yeah, it was two thousand two, three actually, two and three. Uh, I got into that. Mm. I did that for about three or four years, and gained a whole lot of experience, right? Because um, mm. working within a set amount of guidelines, also a lot of experience about how technology supports learning, and that was critical, you know. And it's 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 funny because you look back and you join the dots. Right? That's what Steve Jobs mm. always said, True. that you, in hindsight, it all lines up. Uh, but that yeah. was very, very valuable for my career as I moved ahead because that grounding in technology and in how technology projects work uh, was a skill that I didn't even realize was going to be very, very important moving forward. Uh, right? So, right. so worked in that space for a bit. Uh, and then, you know, typical Indian uh, got married uh, and then my husband moved to us to Dubai and moved here. Okay. Um, got a job with Emirates Airlines. <laughs> okay. And okay. Yes. Yes. So that was fun. Uh, worked with them in the same sort of space, uh, designing technology-based right. learning, as well as managing these projects. So that was my first, uh, mm -hmm. you know, foray into project management. 
Uh, and that's really? what EK sort of let me do. They said, okay, you know what, you're designing it. Why don't you project manage the whole thing as well? And so okay. that, again, you know, you, you find these little things that happen and you think, oh, it's such a challenge or it's a bore. And then it sort of becomes a skill set as you go. Mm, so true. So did that. And then again, uh, you know, in <laughs> rather typical fashion, I took a six-year break. I just stopped working. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had my children. I had two boys. Uh, so I took mm. a six-year break. Uh, and this is also where, you know, sometimes you don't give enough credit for serendipity or synchronicity, whatever you want to call it, right? My younger son was two. My older son was five. Uh, when EK called me back and they said, you know what, we have an mm. opening and we're looking at, you know, bringing our alumni back. So would you be interested? Mm. It's still in the same space. And that was a very lucky. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. 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 Mostly females. Yes. Um, as we get to mo know more about it and the corporate world, it becomes so difficult yeah. to after taking a break and just the professional break because now you're planning your family and everything. It becomes a setback more than anything for for yeah. females mostly. Yeah. yeah. That or it is um it becomes a hindrance in their professional journey. Mm -hmm. But with you, I think you know um, Emirates calling you back that yeah. is that first is that says a lot about the company it, it, itself and also yeah. a lot about you the kind of value that you have added to the company and uh, that even after six years uh, that the company would have definitely moved further way further yeah. and they really want you back yeah no and and this is something I think as we go into the world of D&I and, you know, equity and talking more about bringing women back. There's a lot of these programs actually being adopted by a lot of the big companies. And the question really is to, you know, and this is something I hope other women will also start to do is to look for those opportunities. A lot of companies are having alumni programs to bring women back from when they've taken a break. Uh, there are, of course, <laughs> after COVID, uh, having a child mm -hmm. is a far, um, you know, there's a lot more flexibility in place. Uh, for those yeah. experiences as well. So, listen, compared to 2006, we're in 2024. So, I'm talking about, you know, I took a break from 2006 to about 2013, uh, 2008 mm. to 2013 or so. And it it has changed massively, right? Like so much Absolutely. social progress has happened along the way. So, you know, I was very grateful. I sort of said yes and came back, which was a big deal. Uh, because mm. I actually didn't know if I was ready, but turns out I was ready. <laughs> so came back, yeah. uh, got back into, you know, what is a very corporate L&D driven uh, space. Now, that the okay. wonderful thing about working in a space like that is also you get the opportunity to do lots of different things. Right. Mm. So absolutely. Although, yeah. That's yeah. very, very fun yeah. area. <laughs> yeah. So although I was predominantly doing technology based learning. I also had the opportunity to do some uh, facilitation, to do a little bit of training on the ground, um, was exposed to a lot of the business and the culture. Uh, so, and then sort of, you know, got into quality and to measuring learning and to metrics mm -hmm. and sort of be quite a uh, well-rounded L&D professional, right? So uh, again, mm -hmm. and you look back and you join the dots. And then, so when the next opportunity came along, 
that was really what yeah. set me apart, right? So my current employer, which is DB World, uh, they got in touch saying, you know, we uh, are looking for someone to join our team, but we need them to have six or seven different skill sets. We want them to be able to okay. project manage. We want them to be able to do a bit of facilitation. We want them to do really instructional like design. And that that was a great <laughs> fit for you. You were just, I mean, I feel like the universe was yeah. making you prepare for DP World. Then. <laughs> yes. Many ways it was. Because when I walked in, every time they said, oh, but you know, we weren't looking for this. I said, yeah, I've done that. You know, and I've done that here and I've done that there. <laughs> so it was, it, and like I say, you know, serendipity is also something you have to consider. And I think... Mm-hmm. The one thing that has sort of helped along the way is to say yes. Right? Is to just say, mm-hmm. yes, I'll try that. Yes, let's let's do that. Yes, maybe I won't be good at it, sure. but let's give it a shot, you know. So then that sort of led me to DP World. And um, again, they've been wonderful to me. I've had a lot of opportunities here. And I've moved again in another transition, gone from an okay. NFT space <laughs> to now yeah. moving into, um, you know, I did agile coaching for a bit in the middle and now I'm working in the project management office for our logistics. Um, so, uh, so that's really the journey. Uh, but again, when you just give you the milestones, right, I've tried to give you a flavor of what the skills were along the way, because yeah. people look at it, they're like, okay, how did you go from there to there? And you need to sort of yes. line it up a bit. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's so that is, story. that is the kind of you know, journey and introduction that I wanted from Nandita. <laughs> well, there you have it. Ah. Because, you know, there there is so much that we really don't talk about and that actually people can learn from. Yeah. And that is why, you know, this, I make sure, and this podcast exists. So yeah. that comes out and people can learn from others' experiences and other skill yeah. set, their knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you know, so it was very interesting how you mentioned um, while you were telling about your journey that things have evolved a lot, and yeah. um, Emirates calling you back in what two thousand six you had mentioned two thousand fourteen uh, thirteen fourteen back then okay two thousand yeah. uh, thirteen let's say because it was ten years back and things had yeah. evolved so much yeah. and. So would you want to like talk about a bit about that? How have you seen things evolving for females in the industry or in the organizations? Listen, we have a lot more support than we've ever had before. Um, But I also think one of the biggest things is now for us to um, really believe in ourselves. If we look for them, there are the opportunities. I've been in a couple of, this is slight digression, I've been in a couple of leadership programs, you know, where they talk a lot about women mm-hmm. having imposter syndrome, you know. And I'm like, drop the imposter syndrome. Just drop it. Because if you leave it at the side of the road, right, there's so much yeah. opportunity out there. And it's really about thinking, okay, what is it that I want to do? What is it that works for me? Uh, looking for careers yeah. and places that traditionally we didn't find, right? Um, today, I mean, the kind of activations we see across social media, uh, you know, the kind of careers we see that we didn't know existed uh, 10, 12 True. years ago, right? And about being proactive enough to say, let's build on my skills. Here's something I like. Let me learn how to do it. Even if I don't see how it fits right now. 
right? Mm. And I find that we we sort of short change ourselves a little bit. Um, and I always tell all of my my female friends, I'm like, you can do whatever you set your mind to, pretty much. Right? <laughs> there is it. Just set your mind to it. You need to just decide. Okay, what is it? Um, I <laughs> I will often joke about this. You know, the number of women who can set their minds to it and achieve um, physical goals, losing weight or something else, or, you know, how we go about our social and personal lives. If if you've got that sort of vision into your career, there's really nothing that you can uh, not achieve. The question is, can you imagine it? And it's really about imagining that career, right? And which is also why it's exciting for me to talk to someone like you, because you have a rather unconventional career as well, right? Because it's yes. quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. So 10 years ago, who would have thought, you know, podcasting would be something that was meaningful and led to some yeah. sort of change and stuff and was a meaningful career, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's this. It's being able to see, oh, something's opening up there. That looks like fun. Do I want to try it? And then just going for it. Um, I think that's pretty much the only thing that has worked for me in my life, which is if people say, do you want to try this? And if I'm not, are completely off, then I'll usually say yes. Then, okay, let's try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this even saying yes, even when I feel I'm not ready for it, has yes. worked in my favor as well. Yes. Just learning on the go. And yes. I think that is what everybody, every other person is doing. And things are evolving so fast that we have to learn on the go because there's no other way around. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, while, um, while when we had the last conversation, while we were discussing things, there was one point that I really, really liked in you. And I would also want to discuss uh, right now when you had mentioned that, you know, telling your story yeah. in different situations differently, like yeah. how in... Like if you want to be more vulnerable, your way of yeah. telling your story would be very different. If if you are yeah. in a professional setup where you are talking to your people who are higher in hierarchy than you, let's say it will be very different because mm-hmm. I am so bad at it. I mean, I would ask questions. <laughs> Podcast works great for me because I have, I'm on the asking end and very less on the, you know, telling end. Although I would want because I... When people ask, I do realize that I have done a lot of things in my life, yeah. uh, which yeah. is worth mentioning. But but it has <laughs> just become so difficult to tell about yourself. How do you do that? How do you manage it? So see, there, there's, there's two things here, right? The first thing is a mental barrier, right? It's, can I tell my story? Is my story worth telling? Okay, mm. very often I come across people who think, ah, everybody has done this. There's nothing special about me. Right? Why why tell this story? And you listen, we're one of a billion people on this planet. Each one of us has a very unique life. Right? Yeah. So the first step is really all stories are worth telling. Uh, one of my one of my very favorite writers, Chimamanda Nangosi, she says she has a TED talk, right? Where she talks about the danger of a single story. Um and she says that is why you have to tell your story because all stories add to the collective narrative. So first step to me is always telling each and everybody I meet, listen, your story is unique. You are unique. Therefore, even if you had the exact same experience I did, your feelings are yeah. different. 
your experience yeah. in and of itself was different, right? Um, so oh. it has to be. So that that's like to be the first step. I often find this is where a lot of people sort of step back and say, no, 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 you know, it's, it's the same thing. And don't get me wrong, I do the same thing, right? Even in today's podcast, I said to you, you know, like a traditional Indian girl or like this. And yeah. and these are sort of mental frameworks we have around ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And so you have to be aware because when you're asked to tell a story, the first thing is, am I worthy of telling a story? That's the first thing. Always <laughs> tell every tell your story, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been enough of recognition. <laughs> so, True. yeah. So, if you get past that, the minute you get past that, mm-hmm. then it's about, um, you know, and this is the key to all good storytelling, you know, is how do you take your listener through this journey? So, you were, mm-hmm. you were telling a story where you were afraid or you're telling a story where you were actually um, resilient and you came through something. Typically... It's about how would this person perceive this story and what is the their connect points, right? Um, all of us practice storytelling for interviews. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that is a well-practiced thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the key, I think, is also to practice the, the stories where they don't do anything for you, right? Where it is mm-hmm. about, um, I'm telling you what I did on the weekend. What would you like to hear? Are you someone who likes to know about food? Are you someone who likes adventure sport? Did what did I do on my weekend that resonates with you, right? And that to me changes the impact of a story. So if you want to achieve uh, a feeling of closeness or vulnerability, then you share something where you know it's either a small feeling or you felt afraid, where that person wants to sort of come into the story and think it wasn't so bad, right? So it is mm. about really thinking about what is the audience and what's the impact I want on this audience. Um, we do this very well, like I said, when we think about interviews, because we have yeah. a great impact in mind, right? What do I want to do? I want to get this. And so mm. we say, I know, and this is what I want to achieve. But it helps to be a little bit mindful when you're telling your story, even in other places, right? Mm. So, and again, when you the story of a career are you emphasizing skills are you emphasizing tenure are you emphasizing um your age well i mean just as well as i walked you through my career story i could say you know i'm someone who has 20 years of experience in the learning and development industry it changes Mm. your point Mm. yeah that is that is true and i could actually um sense while you were taking us through your journey it was mostly focused on what you have learned through the time yeah and how it has come beautifully come in one picture and to what you're doing at the moment yeah this is a legacy of me having been a college professor i need a bell to stop talking just say <laughs> oh sorry, i missed that i missed the bell <laughs> getting a bell I should, I should, yeah i should no, have no. told you that no. <laughs> no no i i want it to be that that way <laughs> so yeah. no, because why i also want i mean for definitely for me it was needed and why i also wanted you to tell about this was because in this generation in this digitized generation mm-hmm. people know i mean a lot of people know how to tell their story online 
and they yeah. know how to talk online uh yeah with all the you know uh videos and reels and shorts yeah. this generation can kind of do that i would not say all of them but a lot of them but when it comes in person thing it it becomes difficult be it establish yourself or just you know build relation it be- yeah. it is becoming more and more difficult as we are um getting online and digitizing yeah. ourselves yeah and and that's a very interesting point right because i find um and i can honestly say i'm an older generation but i find the young people today are wonderful wonderful it's it's something that social media has done for us and i think we should be glad uh is taught us to tell succinct full stories on the digital platforms right whether they are 90 seconds in a reel or whether they are 3 minutes long on a youtube video um those are really really very good um what and again the same principles usually apply in person as well but the only thing that sort of changes there is spontaneity mm. right because in mm. real life you don't control the frame <laughs> yeah 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 that is so, true so you might go in with a story but they ask you something mm. that requires you to reframe that story in the moment right mm. and and that i find is something that relates to you know what you're saying is we can have very well curated um stories of us but you need yep. to pick the right story in the right context you need to reframe a particular story in a particular context and to be able to give that um and so the the principles remain the same though right focus on the big picture focus on your strengths uh talk about what you learned along the way um we are human mm-hmm. these are human things that everybody listens to and these are the these are the roles you follow online right you think about the big yeah. picture what all can you see in the frame what i'm purposely choosing the things i have on a video screen mm-hmm. right what music am i choosing in the background that that's my tone and my mood so how do you use your voice how do you modulate it's a lot of the same principles the only difference is that spontaneity it's it's how you react in that live situation for lack of a better word right because otherwise it can be quite uh it can come across as very practiced and not very natural if there are other situations where you want to have an impact if there are situations where you want to tell your story in a certain fashion with a certain impact practice there's nothing wrong with it tell tell the story on your social media if you want to do that right whatever works for you just practice it out you need to work it out so that you feel yourself and you feel authentic and it comes out naturally in that particular scenario i mean more than that really there's there's nothing else because your experiences are still unique your story will still always be your story and it's in that ability to sort of pivot quickly a little bit while being authentic to make it stick well and okay so now i would um change or pivot our conversation <laughs> a bit uh oh. to your professional self and in your career journey how have you seen because in the l&d industry you have been since a very long time now uh yeah. two decades you mentioned so how have you seen that evolving with time and as we are mentioning about uh the new generation and their new uh ways of doing things and expecting things out of 
their employees and because learning and development is so much in people development and helping them learn and grow how have you seen that changing see okay and this is important to say right the more things change some basic fundamental principles stay the same people always want to know that they're valued right now how you make them feel valued that changes okay um but but they always want to feel valued they always want to feel like you are interested in them you're interested in their growth um you're interested in in helping them be successful at their jobs uh, because that's mm. the core of what learning and development you know sort of looks like yeah. right it is how yeah, can yeah. i help you to be your most successful self your most successful leader manager uh you know whatever it is that you do and you train on um how can we help you to do that so those fundamental principles i think will stay the same regardless and people are very very good at being able to tell when you know an initiative is being done just for the sake of being done versus <laughs> versus you know when people are actually yeah, yeah. interested right so you can yeah, absolutely we have if evolved and we know these things so it's better i find to be up front um you know as we go what has changed drastically is you know all of the modes and the mediums we use to train um mm. the places where people are finding their learning one major difference is how much people drive their own learning right i find bookils is very very different so what do you want uh, to elaborate on that okay so see traditionally like you think about even older than me right my parents or or their generation um you got into one job you honed your skills to a certain level and you sort of stayed there right mm-hmm. and it was a True. career for life then you come mm-hmm. to my generation and we start to pick up a little bit of a lot of different things um at, but a lot of the times these are driven outside in right so like i shared with you huh. ek said will you right. do a little bit of project management and so you sort of get into mm. it right today mm. i find a lot of people drive this learning themselves they think i'm interested in ai how can i learn about this right mm. so that focus of, of where that locus of learning stays has sort of moved throughout today you have a lot more people saying i want to go there tell me how to go there okay and i want to learn yeah. things i want to learn to get there hmm. so there's a lot more clarity there's a lot more self driven learning as well at this stage hmm. and the other big change is that so much learning is available right yeah so then hmm. 12 years ago you look at the growth of platforms like udemy and coursera and you know um, forget everything else youtube right i mean i cannot tell you in my early career how many times i had to you know it's basic stuff you look up formulas on excel you look up something like that today youtube makes that a two minute thing right yeah 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 if you're i think if you're disciplined that is actually the main problem if you're disciplined yeah. enough and you're consistent you do not yeah. need any uh, formal education no. but that no. becomes a huge hindrance and yeah. that is why now people are still going to um formal setups yeah and now actually and that brings me very nicely to that next point right which is now a lot of elderly even in the workplace is around softer skills 
how do I get you to be more consistent? How do I get you to be more focused on the things you want to achieve? Right? Because yeah. all of the tools are there. I don't need to create the tools. Earlier, we would create Excel training. We would create language. Now, we create training to help you be consistent. So, we're creating uh, frameworks which sort of reward you. Like, right? Which is what they call gamification. Which so reward you if you go in every day. You think of Duolingo, for example. Which is such a great yeah. thing, right? You practice some yeah, yeah, language yeah. every day and you get like a little label or whatever. So that is what has changed in that space quite a bit, I find. So, and of course, then technology changes. So you have a lot of that. Uh, but that will keep changing. <laughs> so yeah, that will keep. And the, with the coming AI and everything, it will change yeah. drastically in the coming years. Yes. yes. When you said, you know, that people are now learning are now pointing out that you know this is where i need to go this is what i uh, need yeah. to do this is what i have to learn how prepared are organizations for such newer generation or newer ways of learning yeah. or uh, developing yeah. that people are aware of themselves that what do they need to do how much how does organizations help them or how much are organizations prepared for them this is a very hard question to answer, right? Because like okay. individuals, organizations are also unique, right? So mm. you look at our cutting edge, you know, what typically are considered the top tech companies and things like that. You look at Apple, you look at Google. Um, mm. That's typically where we look when we start talking about cutting edge learning, cutting edge whatever. Um, it's... Even those organizations, I think, are, are sort of learning themselves, right? Mm. And it, it's that whole, um, uh, you know, agile piece that you, you learn quickly and you change to be able to meet that new need, right? You get iterative, yeah. you repeat it over and over again. So one of the big things is organizations which are sort of fossilized or are very, very mm. rigid are going to have trouble mm. doing that, right? You have sure. to be able to say, okay, yes. this is not working, let's change it. Typically, L&D is seen as a cost center, there's CapEx and, you know, all of that. And so yeah. our ability to change quickly on the fly, that is usually impacted mm -hmm. quite deeply. But I think all organizations are sort of listening and learning. I don't think um, there is much choice. I think also a lot of young people are rising up the ranks and that's a good thing. Um hmm. So it's it's a sort of a osmosis process, right? Um, individuals push in one way, the organization pushes back, you sort of come in the middle and then it sort of keeps happening uh, till you sort of... Uh, so so it, yeah. it'll continue, it'll evolve and it'll keep evolving. Those who can't keep up, you know, they'll get left behind. They'll suffer. Uh, yeah. And, and today, listen, uh, people vote with their presence, right? Um, for organizations, as far as organizations are concerned. Um, we right. saw how lots of people left the workplace when the workplaces were not working for them. Right? Mm. After mm. the pandemic, there was that big exodus of people. Now they're saying, you know, people are coming back, whatever. It, I think we are in a new age and I think we'll keep learning as we go. So I, it, it's really hard to sort of be a pundit and say this is the trend, you know. But I think uh, it's it's about organizations and people being flexible enough to learn and evolve and be open to, to keep trying things over and over again. So, because mm. everything moves so fast. 
Yeah. So in your experience, um, I know that you are a yes person. And how have you, what what sort of challenges have you faced? Because you have been an agile professional as well. Creating a constant change and with the evolving, um, be it COVID happening and how things yeah. have changed for you and also for the people that you are helping develop. Lots and lots of things change all the time, right? So there used to be, uh, now that I'm on the sort of PM side of things, uh, there's a term they say, you know, they say BAU, business as usual. Um, and okay. and I've sort of said, no, it, it is never business as usual. It is change as usual. It's usually CAU, right? <laughs> yeah. So that is good, actually. <laughs> but that's the thing that you have to recognize. It's evolve or perish, right? It, um, And because of that, Listen, even in myself, right? Um, mm. How I how I take on newer challenges, how I approach even every opportunity to tell my story, that also evolves, okay? And to be aware of yourself changing, to help other people change, because change is very difficult and messy, right? Anybody who's ever tried to potty train a two-year-old will tell you, change is very difficult. <laughs> Okay, I've not experienced that. But yeah, if you say I could, I could Let's just imagine. Yes, yes. You know, and, and most human change is like that. People like where they are. So uh, that has been a problem since the start of dawn, right? It's, uh, you know, even the guy who you introduced the car to, he was like, no, my horse is better. So that is always going to be there. It's really that now we don't have that much time to stay in those places because the mm. movement forward is very quick. Um, so like I said, some of the things of L&D now are really about teaching people how to change quickly. They're not so much about skills anymore. They're about these sort of behavioral moves forward and saying, you know, how resilient are you? How open are you to change? Uh, are you aware that you are not open to change? Even even that much. Even if you are aware mm-hmm. of that much. It's more yeah, than enough. So that's a you good know. step. Mm. Yes. So, <laughs> so a lot of this work now, if you look at L&D, is in those spaces. Right? Because process training, a lot of skill-based training, you can sort of, you know, formalize it. You can outsource it to... AI, whatever, you can you can sort of do that. Yeah. So we still need to teach yeah. people how to be resilient. How do you be strong? What if there are redundancies and you need to be let go? How do you deal with that? How do you tell your story? Right? These are the skills that people need to learn because these are the skills that will stay forever green in many ways. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. Yeah. transcend into life skills. They're not just corporate based skills anymore True. in that sense yes it'll be used yeah. everywhere in yeah. our lives yeah and yeah. so that's the key difference what about like because i know that you are yourself doing a co- coaching certification now and as usual you are always in a uh, learning mode so how have you experienced mentorship or coaching in your personal life? Listen, um, if you find a good mentor or a coach, right, it can be life-changing. And again, you know, so 
one of the big, big shifts for me mentally and mm-hmm. as a career person, um, I had a coach uh, in EK who was brilliant, right? Uh, okay. I had her for a very short time. She was a senior uh, wo- woman executive over there. Um, and she sort of was was volunteering to coach some people through what was a time there of some very difficult change. Um, but just the ability to sort of, you know, have someone who holds a non-judgmental mirror up, right? Many mm-hmm. often in our lives, the people we go to for advice are the people who are, have some interest in us. You would go to your mm-hmm. parent, your best friend, your, uh, you know, significant other, uh, they're people who are invested in us, right? And therefore, mm-hmm. they may not always have as much clarity or even mm-hmm. the willingness to challenge your thoughts and your constructs. And this is when having the right mentor, having the right coach, uh, and of course, they're two very different things, can can sort of be, um, it can be, it can catapult you from one stage to the next, Right? Um, this last year, I've had a fabulous mentor at DP World. Uh, she has she has been amazing, right? So many insights in that mentorship journey are things I'm going to work for another two or three years to build for myself. Wow. So that's the other thing, right? Having the right mentor and coach, they provide you quick jumps and short. It's ha- shortcut get bad breath. Right, it's not a shortcut, but it's a um, it's a quicker way to that insight, right? They because they're sharing that valuable uh, long journey that they took to get to that insight themselves, right? So it 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 can be career defining, it can be career changing in a lot of ways, Um, and more than anything else, at least coaching in particular, it can be life changing as well. Right? How would you uh, say that? And listen, you don't know what what mind, uh, you know, sort of restricting beliefs you have until you have a good coach that says, tell me more about that. And you go, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have come for the session. And you're like, yeah, but you know. So I, like, I remember this, that first coach, you know, I was telling her something uh, and this, I think it's, it's sort of safe to share. Um, I was telling her something about how I felt. Someone had given me some feedback and I felt, you know what, I need to take this on board and I need to do something about it. And I don't know what to do. And I'm, and that's causing me a lot of chaos. And I, you know, I don't, and she was very calm. She said, okay, um, you know, tell me more about feedback, right? And to cut a long story short, the, the point she sort of, we got to at the end was uh, that typical feedback is a present, right? You have to examine that present very carefully. Who is giving it to you? How have they wrapped it? Um, Have they given it to you at the right time? Uh, Are they giving it to you with good intentions, right? Because there are some presents that we shouldn't take. (laughs) True, yes, yes, definitely. I mean, I think everybody has had such experiences in their line where there are presents that <laughs> should stay yeah. out of their, yeah. the, their yeah. space, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, maybe it's a present that is is great. It just doesn't fit in your decor. It doesn't fit who I yeah. am as a person, 
right? Yes, okay, that is something. But do I want to invest my time and my energy in making that happen based on this person or how does... So there's so much to consider, right? And mm. young people in the workforce are often told, feedback is critical. Take all the feedback you can get. Yes, take it and filter it, <laughs> right? So even... Even something as small as this, it can be quite insightful to get to that with a coach who's just gently sort of challenging. Why are you thinking like this? What does this mean for you? You know, um, so it, it's very interesting. And that's why I always say if you can find a great mentor, if you can find a coach that you gel with and who works for you, uh, then invest mm -hmm. the time uh, because they can offer you these big leaps in your own personality and your own styles of working and being that may cause outsized impacts in your life. Mm, yeah, that is actually very, very true. Like the kind of role a coach, because even for me going through the coaching certification and what a coach also goes through in the certification of unlearning so much that it becomes so challenging to be begin with that yeah. how do I just become a mirror? Yeah. A mirror is nothing. It's just yes. the art of being nothing and just yes. being present. Yeah. Yes. And mm. offering that presence fully, right? Which is, mm. which is so much harder than just... There's always, always some perspective thing that yeah. is going in your head and like, oh, why don't, why don't you do this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and this is the flip side of having stories to tell, right? Because as a coach... <laughs> yeah. Your stories are not for that space. <laughs> wow, that is so. Yeah, I mean, we have we have actually covered like both ex extreme sides of things. Yeah, in this yeah. podcast, that's mm. what's exciting about even growing older. There's always new things to learn, uh, and there's always some yeah. skill that you can push the boundary on. So yeah, yeah, you know when when people say that, yeah, that's like. Mostly young people would say that I do not want to live a very long life. I mean, 60, 70 is good enough for me. Like, no, <laughs> there's so much to see. And because I was I was having a conversation with my friends and they're like, I do not want to live old and, you know, when things are not working for me and uh, 60, 70 is good for me. And I was like, there's so much to see in the world. How can yeah. you just think about 40, 50 years I mean, for me, 40, 50 years, how can you even imagine doing that? I want to live a hundred at least. <laughs> and I'll do whatever it takes to, to reach that hundred. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that you talk about it from that perspective because I have a lot of friends and we often talk about the power of nostalgia, right? A lot of people who say, oh, I wish I was 20 again. And I'm like, <laughs> because... The, the wonderful thing about getting older is that you get so much more clarity in your skin, in how you are, in what it means to be you. Um, you're so much clearer about what you're willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept. You know, whether it is in the workplace, whether it's in personal spaces, um, I find that is very comforting. It's very empowering. It can make you quite a strong person. Um, and I think in that sense, the privilege of growing older and wiser is something that uh, nobody should sort of, you know, take for granted. It's, mm -hmm. the, 
come on in the world today growing older is such a privilege and to be able to grow older and right uh, that's uh, almost a blessing so so yeah so i tend to look at it perspective <laughs> i completely agree to you <laughs> so nandita my last question to you would be since you are in a position where you are meeting a lot of newer generation you have your kids as well mm-hmm. and or you are also working with a lot of older generation so mm-hmm. being in a position where you you know you are both yeah. ways what would you advise to the younger generation mm-hmm. um about getting into the corporate field or corporate or you know the people who are getting into the learning and development field what would your advice be for them first of all no don't make me get advice <laughs> um i could share a couple of um insights around you know things so if you are someone who really enjoys working with people and you know helping change happen uh um it is intensely frustrating i'll be honest uh at times because people don't change as fast as you want them to change but if you have the resilience if you have the courage and you are interested in seeing that happen and this you know it drives you in some way then go for it um but also don't be afraid to change your mind you know in the world today nothing mm-hmm. is forever so try it out yeah. if it works for you wonderful then try something else but if it doesn't work for you take it as a learning opportunity um and this is always what i tell my kids right everything you try it's a good lesson and if it's not a good lesson it's a good story so <laughs> it sort of brings us back nicely to to that same place that if you yeah. try enough things yeah. you have a lot of good stories to tell um so you know work it out and don't be afraid you learn some things and you move along so yeah that's what i mean <laughs> it's such wonderful i mean i think we have come the whole circle I mean I love this I've loved this conversation and thank you so much for doing this with me the podcast. You're most welcome. I've had a lot of fun doing it. Um I would love uh you know to reach out to people, we ask them to reach out to me. Um like I said, I love talking about things. Uh I'm always happy to listen to new stories. Uh so thank you so much Pradeepa for asking me to come here and share mine. And there you have it. another episode of psych and success packed with insights and real world advice on business psychology gen z evolving workplace dynamics culture ai and so much more if you want to stay ahead of the curve and dig deep into the fabric of modern work you know what to do hit that follow button share this podcast with your network and drop us a review on spotify google podcast or wherever you tune in Your feedback not only supports us but also helps us connect with more inquisitive minds like yours. By the way, if you're looking to get in touch with today's guests, I've got you covered. Check out the description for their contact details. And if you feel inspired to chat directly with me about these compelling subjects, you can book a quick call through my Calendly or shoot me an email. All the links are in the description. This is your host Kritika Kashyap reminding you that the future of work is here and it's evolving fast so let's explore it together 
Until next time.